Hello, hello. Welcome back. I am happy that you're here every week. And I know the last two episodes were a little bit more serious. I also want to say thank you for the feedback on my last episode, especially about my hip. Um, If you haven't listened to that episode, please go back and do so. But today I am going to be giving you some really great tips on finding moderation when it comes to food. So obviously we're halfway through the summer and typically in August when people get home, you know, the kids are starting to get back into school and we've had this crazy summer of like trips and vacations and all over the place and our children are home and we're, you know, eating at the pool, eating all around and then like not making meals and it's just kind of chaotic. Typically in August, I notice an increase in my client intake and I notice an increase of people saying, I want to get back on track and I'm going to go on a diet. Now, the reason I bring this up is because I'm okay and I'm maybe different than some people in that I'm always on board with, you know, improving yourself and bettering yourself, but, and that's a big but, B-U-T, capital letters, but do you actually, before you go on a diet, before you pick some extreme plan, before you pick some non-extreme plan, whatever your plan is, do you understand where moderation is and what that actually means? Because typically, I watch people yo-yo back and forth between like an out-of-control situation where there's no guidelines and then like an extreme tight, I'm going to do this all or nothing situation. And this is the all or nothing mentality at its finest when people yo-yo between like a diet plan and then like totally falling off the rails and having no guidelines at all. So before you think about making any lifestyle changes, I don't even care, you know, what they are. Do you understand moderation and do you know how to find it, especially when it comes to food? So that is what I am going to be talking about today. I am going to give you the guidelines that I teach my clients because while most of the time my clients come to me, they're not looking for maintenance. They're looking for changes. They're looking to either build muscle or they're looking to lose fat I want to teach them in this process moderation and how to find that. So that is what I am going to be talking about today. I also constantly get questions about how do I find moderation? I'm constantly dieting. I'm constantly restricting food. I want to find a lifestyle. So I'm going to be covering that all today to help you find that in-between point before you do any more extreme food plans. I want to help you find that in-between. And that's really, really important because the truth is we don't just wake up one day and think, okay, I'm going to have a moderation mindset today. Typically, we've had years and years of this all or nothing mindset, and that includes dieting or overdoing it with your food, eating maybe zero cookies or eating 27 cookies. This all just leads us down this black hole of extreme roller coaster highs and lows, of winning or losing, of succeeding or failing. And when we have many, many years of that, when we go through this cycle, often people will go through it weekly, where all week long they'll be in parentheses, quote unquote, good. And then on the weekend, they'll be bad in parentheses, which is garbage. It it doesn't have to be that way. Or they'll even do it daily. Well, they'll label their morning as great and their night as a disaster. That's what we're going to talk about. How do we fix this mindset? Now, 
Before we get into it, I do want to say, if you find this episode helpful, as always, please don't forget to review the podcast. If you listen regularly, if you love this podcast, please review it. Let me know. Wherever you listen, you can go normally to the top. You know, I know on Apple, it's those top buttons and you can say review the podcast. Or if you listen on Stitcher or Spotify, you can also review it. It helps the podcast tremendously. It helps us grow. So if you have found any of my episodes helpful, please don't forget to review the podcast. Today's review is from Regis89. It's titled Top Notch. Top-notch information for the realistic person, especially moms. With great perspective, every topic is something that has been a concern or interesting, and the information you provide is insightful, researched, and tried and true. Your Instagram caught my attention, but your podcast takes it to a whole new level. Thank you. No, thank you, Regis89, for reviewing the podcast. It makes a huge difference. If you don't follow me on social media, my social media handle is deliciously fit, the letter N healthy. I share tons of workout ideas on there and just some really good information. But I'm going to be honest, I get to break things down so much better in the podcast. And I really try to simplify it on the podcast even more so. I do it on the social media, but you know how social media is. It's fast paced. It's quick. On the podcast, we get into the nitty gritty. So please don't forget to review the podcast if you have found any of my episodes helpful. It's just a way of giving back and I love to continue to give to you. And before we get into it, I do want to say if you have any issues with sleeping, anxiety, stress, I do think giving Soul CBD a try would be very effective. I have fallen madly in love with their products. The truth is, I mention sometimes products on the podcast, and I am insanely picky. In fact, I probably make my publicist insane because I'm like, nope, unless I love it, I'm not talking about it. And I love this product. I reached out to them and asked them to be a sponsor for the show because I love it so, so, so much. I know sometimes when people hear CBD, they're like, oh my gosh, that's like weed, that's hemp. But it's actually not. CBD has no THC in it. THC is what actually gives you the high, but the second highest item in a hemp plant is cannabidol. And that is what helps calm people. I literally limit my caffeine. Like I am like a straight lace. I don't drink. I don't do anything. And I am such a fan of this because it has really helped with my personal anxiety and my issues with sleeping. I am a massive fan of their gummies. They have some bedtime bestie gummies. I have the blueberry lemonade. I have one every night. It helps calm my mind. I easily fall asleep. I sleep through the night. I just got their oil drops. I got the orange flavor. They have different strengths, but it's really nice if you're in the middle of feeling super stressed or anxious or just overwhelmed. You just put like a drop or two under your tongue and it makes such a difference. If you struggle with anxiety, with stress, with feeling overwhelmed, I do suggest trying CBD. Again, there's no THC in it. It's organically grown and made in the USA. I promise I chose a fantastic company and I truly am a massive fan. You can go to the website mysoulcbd.com and if you use the discount code SIMPLE, it gives you 15% off all of their products and I will also add a direct link with my code in the show notes. But again, it's 15% off with the code SIMPLE at mysoulcbd.com and I promise if you struggle with any of those things, you will not regret trying it. 
All right, so let's get into it and talk about finding moderation when it comes to your food intake. My name's Andrea Allen, and I am a mother of four girls under seven, a wifey to a mountain man, a personal trainer, and a nutrition coach. I love all things women's health and fitness, but let's face it, the fitness industry is complicated and it's not built for the everyday mom. There's so much conflicting information, and you're busy and you don't have time to figure it out. I hate feeling confused and overwhelmed. So I've made it my mission to simplify health and fitness while creating a welcoming, realistic, and empowering home for like-minded women. I'm happy you're here, and I hope you stay a while. Okay, so before we get started, I am going to tell you, I am going to reference, I want to say three or four of my previous podcasts, because I want to stay with the method of how I teach my clients moderation to help give you guidelines on how to do that. If you're finding yourself always dieting or always being extreme, I just want you to kind of have a step-by-step. So there are going to be a couple times where I refer to another episode. I will put those in the show notes, but I above highly, like highly, highly, highly with an exclamation point times 20, suggest you listen to the episodes that I'm referring you to because they're going to help the sections that I'm referring them in make more sense. It's going to break down those sections even more. I try to keep the podcast very concise and clear. So I'm just going to reference those and those episodes are going to go in more detail for what I'm talking about and I will make that clear. So just so you know, I will be referencing a decent amount today. Okay, now I'm also sure that people find moderation when it comes to their food intake in many different ways. And I don't think there is a wrong or a right way. I feel like that in most things about fitness, there's not necessarily a wrong or right. But I'm going to tell you how I teach it and how I have found it effective with the thousands of clients I work with and how I found it for myself as well. Because the truth is, I used to be very extreme in my own eating habits. Everything was good or bad, like all or nothing. I had, you know, nothing or everything. And I learned this method myself, which is what I started to teach to other people. And then I saw how much it empowered them. But I do want to be clear that there is more than one way to learn to find moderation in your food intake. But for me and for my clients, I have found that macros is a very effective way of teaching moderation. And I will explain why. Now, whether you want to track macros or not, I still think that listening to today's episode and understanding this basic understanding is very effective, and I'm going to give steps that don't include tracking macros, which is still going to help you find balance. Along with macros, you will always hear some people bashing them. Um, You can bash any style of food intake, truly, but the thing about macros, which is different, is that it really isn't extreme like most diets. It literally is teaching you to understand how your body digests food. So for example, here's just a quick comparison. We also say to people, we need you to lift heavy. I want you to lift heavier weights. If you want to build muscle, you want to lose fat, the more weight you use, the better. I talk about that all the time. You will also never hear me bashing someone using lightweights because the truth is if you want to learn to do a squat with heavier weights, you first have to master how to do a squat with good form using lightweights and then you can get to the heavier weights and the progression. With moderation, you can't just all of a sudden change it overnight. You need to learn to understand how your body digests food first 
stop seeing it for good and bad and move on in that way before you can find that moderation. So my first step in teaching anyone to find moderation or teaching what macros are is to stop seeing food as good and bad. This is the first thing I want you to do. If you are someone who sees it as all or nothing, you're going to have to shift your mind and I want you to take some time to research how your body actually breaks down food. Your body sees all food, every single thing you put in your mouth as a protein, a fat, and a carb. Now, if you look, when you're looking, if I'm going to give you ideas of like how they all help you, but if you look on your own, I want you to literally look up what does a carb do good for my body. Don't just look up carbs because it will create madness. Look up the positive things that they do for your body. So for example, carbs. A lot of diets teach you to fear carbs. Carbs are not your enemy. Carbs give you energy, and they're the fastest source of energy as well. So if you're feeling run down or foggy, carbs are your friend. They also help carry the protein to the muscles, which are really needed to help build the muscle. Muscle is basically made out of a mix of protein and carbs. That's a very simplified version of saying it, but those combinations really do help build muscle along with heavier weights. This helps speed up the metabolism. Carbs also help fuel your brain, your kidneys, your heart muscles, and your central nervous system. For example, the fiber in carbohydrates, that aids in digestion and helps you feel full and helps keep blood cholesterol level and in check. So carbs are good for you. Protein. Protein is good for you. Protein is an important building block in bones, muscles, cartilage, and skin. In fact, your hair and nails are compromised of mostly protein. So if you have a decent protein intake, it helps with your skin, hair, and nails, which is really great. Protein also helps repair muscles that are broken down during exercise and tissues. So it really helps speed the recovery after exercise, and it can help prevent injury. Plus, it helps with reducing muscle loss. So when people are training for something that's like high endurance exercise, if they're eating a lot of protein, it's going to help their body prevent muscle from being broken down. Or if they're living like they're doing a cut or a calorie deficit to lose fat, it will help muscle. So protein is your friend. Fats. Fats are your friend. Fats help build membranes. Your fat intake, especially healthy fats, are essential for hormone production and maintenance of proper hormone function as certain fats such as omega-3 fat sources will help aid in rebuilding of cells and stabilization of your hormones. That's right. Fats are like the hormone whisperer. They help stabilize your hormones. That is a good thing. Also, fat-soluble vitamins are absorbed along with fats. So vitamin A, vitamin D, vitamin E, vitamin K are all fat-soluble vitamins, and we need those also for function and to help our hormones. Those are just some quick examples of how carbs are good for you, protein is good for you, and fat is good for you. So if you're someone who is labeling food, good and bad, stop labeling it that way because everything is broken down this way. Even things like you know, a piece of bread. It's broken down to glucose. It's broken down to the simplest form of a carb to be digested. Whether it's a complex carb or simple carb, it still all breaks down that way. Now, along with this, obviously there's more nutrient-dense foods in all of these categories, but I'm not even going to go down that road today. Um, That is true, but I more want you to see the beauty in all three of the macronutrients and carbs, 
protein and fat and stop labeling things as good and bad and just say, okay, my body, even, even if you have a piece of cake, like my body is going to break that down to glucose and to fats. It's going to keep me full. I can use that for energy. It'll help fuel my workout tomorrow. I could lift more weights, which means I could build more muscle. Now, obviously a piece of cake isn't as ideal as eating like avocado and like some vegetables, but our body is still going to break it down into a protein, fat, and carb. That's what I'm trying to get you to recognize. So that's the first step is start to recognize the beauty of the way food is broken down and digested by your body. Most diets basically demonize one of the macros. They will say fat makes you fat or carbs make you fat or whatever they will say. They're making one of them bad, which makes you fear it instead of seeing the beauty of what it can do for you and you're focusing on what it does against you, how it's working against you. I want you focusing on what it does for you because I'm trying to teach you moderation in this episode. So think about what it does to help you because if you're focusing on the fear side of the food, you're not gonna be able to find and create that moderation around it. So that's the first thing. Let's start to recognize food. That's step one. Let's see food not as good and bad, but as proteins, fats, and carbs. Next, I want you to start naming your plate and start recognizing your proteins, fats, and carbs on your plate. This doesn't involve any tracking. So if you're someone who's like, I don't want to track, I just want to, you know, have some balance, this is great. You can move on to naming your plate. This is truly the next step after first seeing food, then naming your plate. Naming your plate is simply a method of anytime that you go to eat food, you want to make sure that you have a protein, a fat, and a carb. That is moderation. Look at your plate of food and notice, oh my gosh, maybe I just have like rice and toast and like a piece of fruit on my plate. That's all three carbs. That's You want some more variety in that. You need to add a fat, so maybe you want to add some cashews or avocado on your toast, and you're missing protein. So you may want to add like some eggs that would help add fat and protein, or you might want to add just maybe some chicken or something like that to the side, and then your plate's going to be more balanced. I will add a link for a food list in the show notes, which breaks down foods into proteins, fats, and carbs. That's something I give my clients as well, because you do have to start to recognize them to name your plate effectively. So that's the next step. Every day, I want you to look at your plate and say, do I have a protein? Do I have a fat? Do I have a carb? Am I having all fats on my plate? Am I having all carbs? Or am I having mainly on my plate carbs and fat and very little protein? That is all going to make a difference in finding that moderation. The second thing is I don't think this is a bad thing to teach your children. Teach them what a protein is, how it helps them, what a carb is, how it helps them, what a fat is, and how it helps them. And then teach them to recognize the foods. This will help prevent them from the developing this all or nothing mentality or this good or bad mentality. I often have my children name what's on their plate themselves. And so sometimes they'll come out of the pantry and they have like, you know, chips and something else, you know, which let's say chips and pirate booty. (laughs) And I will say, hey, what is that on your plate? And I'll try to have them say, oh, it's a fat and a, you know, a carb. And I'll say, oh, what are you missing? And they'll go, oh, I need a protein. And then they'll go in the fridge and get a piece of cheese or they'll get, you know, a couple of pepperonis or whatever it is that they are looking for. Or maybe there's no fat on their plate. And I'll say, oh, you want to get an avocado? So they're viewing everything as positive 
And I'm hoping as they become young adult women that they will view all of them as positive and also help avoid that all or nothing good or bad mindset as well. So I don't think it's a bad thing to teach your children what all three macronutrients do for your body and to recognize them and try to mix and match. It makes it like a game for them as well. And they can recognize it. Like I can say to a child, oh, you're totally missing a macronutrient. Which one are you missing? And I can teach them just the same as I honestly can teach an adult woman. And I'm hoping that will benefit them in the long run. So don't be scared to do this even with your kids. Because again, it's not about labeling as bad. It's about labeling it as your body sees it so that we can create some moderation. The world is going to teach your children to fear food. And you want to try to beat them to the punch. You want to try to teach them first that food is fuel. So don't be scared to teach your kids this method too. I think it really works for adults and for children. Now, if you're not into tracking macros or that feels overwhelming, I will give you a quick suggestion in this next one. And I know that it can be triggering for some people. So I will give an idea for this. But if you are willing to track macros, I suggest that you track for eight to 12 weeks because there is a learning curve for tracking macros. Now, the purpose of tracking macros is so we can get a better feel for the intake of all three of our macronutrients. You can do a calculation online that will help you. They're very general, and you can kind of put in your goals for those. I obviously, personally, I develop and calculate my own clients' macro setups based on their goals. So I'm going to suggest you listen to episode 45. That's going to help you. I also do it based on their body type. If you listen to episode 19, I explain body types and how that affects your food intake and how that affects what style of workout you should do. So that's a really good one to listen to. I also do their macros based on their age, their weight, their activity level, and their recent eating history. Because oftentimes a client will come to me and if I can get three days of a food journal, I can see habits and make some massive adjustments that way. Everyone has to have a three-day food journal. Now, if you are someone who's like, I don't want to track macros, I don't want to figure that out. I am going to, and that's okay too. I also want to say that's okay. Sometimes macros are not for everyone. They don't like that, or sometimes it can be triggering if you've had an eating disorder or other things. But I still would suggest that you track for three days. And the reason I suggest this is because it allows you to see what your food intake looks like. If we drove around in our cars and never looked at the gas tank, how would we ever know if our gas needed filled? If Was it half empty? Is it half full? Are we close where we need to go to the gas pump? And a lot of times people get so unintuned with their hunger signals that people say, well, I'm not hungry. And then they'll send me their food journal. And I'm like, you ate 800 calories all day long because they're so unintuned and their metabolism is so broken that they don't realize it. So tracking even just for three days your food intake in, I like to use my fitness pal or my macros, you can use either one of them, and seeing what you're doing can help you see what's going on. For example, it can help you see if you're avoiding food. Maybe you're eating very, very little food like a thousand calories to 1200 calories, even 1300 calories on a regular basis. That's low. That means you're living your life with too little food. So that's a good sign that that's not moderation because this episode is all about moderation today. That's the focus. That's not moderation. That's called low calorie and it's not enough food. So that will help you realize, oh my gosh, maybe I need to reverse diet. And I would suggest you go back and listen to episode 10 and 11 that talks about a reverse diet. 
It can also help you see if you are mainly eating, you know, a lot of one macro or very little of one macro. So for my clients, oftentimes they send me their three-day food journals and I will see, which is the most common thing I personally see, is that they're massively under eating protein based on their goal for fat loss or building muscle. Now, I know, again, I'm referring you to a lot of other episodes and I will put them all in the show notes, but... It also explains in episode 22 how protein is important if your goal is fat loss or building muscle. So if my clients come to me, normally their goal is one or the other. And if they have a very low protein intake, that makes it pretty tricky because if you're trying to lose fat, you need to eat a lot of protein to protect the muscle you do have and to help build some muscle, you know, maintain. And if you're trying to build muscle, obviously you need the protein to build the muscle. So it's very important. Episode 22 is really going to help you do that. Another really common thing I see when I get their three-day food journals, which I'm suggesting that you track those three days in an app, is one macro, typically carbs or fat, is really low, and the other one will be very high. So that would indicate the all-or-nothing mentality because the intake isn't balanced. So I will see a food journal and I'll be like, oh, she's eating like 50 carbs and like 100 grams of fat, or she's eating, you know, 30 grams of fat and 350 carbs. That's not balance. That's not moderation. That means there's a fear typically of one of those foods. There's either fear of carbs or there's fear of fat. So if you track for three days, you might see that fear and be like, oh my gosh, I didn't even necessarily realize I was doing that, but I am doing that. And then you can kind of try to slowly adjust up to balance it out. Because again, we're talking about moderation, nothing extreme today. If you do the personal calculation on your own, as I said, I already gave the information of how I do my own clients and gave you some episodes to help you figure that out for you as well. But Something you can think about is if you're trying to learn moderation and you take some time to track, because I do suggest tracking for 8 to 12 weeks if it's possible for you. If you take that time, I want you to look at your numbers and avoid anything extreme. So that would mean that any of the macro numbers, and if you look at like MyFitnessPal, they have pie charts on there which show your running total for each day. And so does my macros. I think Lose It has it as well. But They will show your numbers, and typically, if you have a macro that's falling under 25%, that would be considered a little bit more extreme. I will also add a link in the show notes to a percent calculator where you can put in your food intake and then kind of balance out all of them and see the actual percents. Now, 25%, it's not that it's terrible. Like, let's say you're eating 25% carbs, 25% fat, 25% protein. It's not that that's terrible. It's that it's just a little bit more extreme, and it's typically should be done in a short-term situation when you're under that number. So maybe you are in a cut and you are trying to see some changes, that's totally fine to be in that range. But remember, this episode is again about trying to find balance. And oftentimes people will keep that number for too long and then they will start to feel like it's too much and then they snap and they lose it and then they like go totally overboard and then we don't find any moderation. So while you're trying to find moderation, we're focusing on getting rid of good and bad, naming your plate, 
and avoiding extreme macros by just kind of balancing them in the middle and not having one fall under 25% because that's just considered a little bit more extreme. It's not bad. Again, it's just that we're trying to find a happy medium. Now, You've done your calculation. Um, you are seeing that you know you're trying to balance out those numbers. The next thing that I try to teach my clients is to fit in foods and treats and things they love. I like to eat a cookie almost every day. Like I make balls of cookie dough, and I will almost eat a cookie every day. Or I'll eat like a Reese's cup, and it's like a normal amount. And that is totally okay with me. The rest I fill with pretty healthy foods, but like I can see with macros that I can do an 80-20 lifestyle, that I can have some things every single day that I enjoy and it's not a big deal. Like if I tell people, yes, I eat a cookie every day. I actually eat a ball of cookie dough, so don't tell me that the eggs are going to kill me because I eat them raw. You know, that's just, I'm sorry, that's just something I'm going to have to live with because I like raw cookie dough. (laughs) I freeze them and I eat them. But that is a lifestyle to me. So like when I see a plate of cookies, I don't have this like massive urge to eat like four cookies because it's very normal to me to be able to fit in things I love. And I teach my clients the same thing. I say, find a treat that you love, put it into your macros in the morning and then build the rest of your meals around that treat so you have room for it and you're filling the rest with nice nutrient-dense food and then you see oh that's the 80 I'm eating mainly like plenty of healthy foods to fill those macros but like I can fit in some things that I really enjoy I should be able to fit in you know a piece of pizza if I really want to and I can build my numbers around that and that is where the all or nothing the good or bad stops because you see, oh, I can have some moderation and I'm still hitting my macros. Now, if I filled my macros with all Twinkies, obviously I wouldn't hit my protein and I wouldn't feel good. And that would be extreme and wouldn't fit into the moderation category. So you don't have to worry about that. If I'm saying you can have freedom to fill your numbers with whatever I want, you will see that within those numbers, you still have to fit in plenty of healthy foods to be within your number range. I typically suggest that people stay if you have your number set up between three to five grams of fat and five to eight grams of protein and carbs. Tracking macros can also help you see besides that like things that you love can fit into your food intake. Like the biggest takeaway that clients always say to me, you know, when we get to 12 weeks is they're like, oh my gosh, I realized that like I can fit in a glass of wine and I don't have to be ashamed or I could like fit in a treat or a piece of chocolate and I don't have to be ashamed. Yes, that is where the moderation comes in that I'm trying to teach you after some of these other steps. Plus, when you're tracking, you can see when you're overdoing it or when you're underdoing it. You can see, oh, I'm really low in certain areas, which means I need to eat more in those areas. And often tracking helps people see, oh my gosh, I need a reverse diet because I'm always eating low. I'm under on all my categories. So you probably need a reverse diet, which again is talked about in episode 10 and 11. And I think I talk about that in a lot of episodes, even on my social media a lot, because I do have to reverse diet like 30 to 40% of my client intake because they undereat. So you can kind of see all of that through tracking. Even if you're like, I don't want to track for 8 to 12 weeks. I, I literally encourage you to track for a month. You learn so much about yourself and your habits through tracking. And again, it's not about good and bad. It's about seeing what you're doing, seeing what your habits are, and then adjusting with those habits. 
the next thing that I teach my clients, and hopefully, you know, if you tracked macros for a little while, you can see that I hope my goal is for clients to learn macro awareness with intuitive eating, which I talk about towards the end of my coaching. This is where the lifestyle sets in. This is where you learn to mix and match and feel no shame or guilt because you've been tracking and you've seen that treats can fit in. And then you get to the point where you may not need to track and you can just live in maintenance and see that there is some intuitive eating that's definitely possible, but macro awareness is going to help you maintain that lifestyle. Let me give you some quick examples of what I mean for that. I personally currently live a macro awareness with intuitive eating lifestyle. When I want to make changes, I obviously will explain that, you know, in a little bit, but that's how I am right now. So for example, let's say for breakfast, I ate something like a donut. Maybe it was, you know, a special event and we had donuts. Great. I don't feel shame over that. I'm like, oh, okay, I ate a donut for breakfast. So that means that for my lunch, I want to make sure that I have plenty of protein in my lunch and my dinner because I didn't have any in my breakfast. Maybe for lunch one day, maybe I ate like eggs for breakfast and toast. And then maybe for lunch, I had like a really big sandwich with like the focaccia bread or something on it. Great. No shame. I don't feel bad about that. Instead, I'll say, okay, because I had plenty of carbs in my lunch, I'm going to make sure for dinner I have proteins and fats. So maybe I will choose a salad with a dressing that I really like and then chicken and then a bunch of enjoyable vegetables. And maybe that will be great. And I'll fit some avocado on there or whatever else. That's balancing it out mentally, being aware of like, oh, I had a lot of protein for this meal. I'll have less here. I had too little here, I'll add more here. And that's intuitive eating with macro awareness where you can pick your foods freely, but you're aware of the macros that you're mixing and matching and trying to mentally balance them and nothing is shamed and nothing is guilty and you just live your life there. Now, I know what you're thinking, and this is where we're going to go a little bit next. You're thinking, okay, so I find this moderation, but like, how do I lose fat or I gain muscle? How does that fit into this moderation that you're talking about and how you've done this? Well, the truth is you can do both of those things still with moderation. And that is why I do love tracking macronutrients because again, in macros, it can be 80-20, even if those are your goals. Whether you are trying to do a cut, which means a calorie deficit to have some fat loss, or you're reversing or you're in maintenance, that's the cycle. Typically for diets, don't ever talk about this because they're always trying to keep you in a diet. But the truth is, that there's a cycle. There's maintenance where we live our life. There's a cut where we go into a short-term calorie deficit, typically for, you know, four to 16 weeks. And then there's a reverse where we start increasing our food intake and go back to maintenance. I do explain this really, really well in episode 63. And that episode is a really good listen. It also explains and helps you see where you are in that process to make that change. So again, all of those episodes are going to be in the show notes because I did list like four or five that are really going to dive deeper into this subject. But even if you're in a reverse or cut or maintenance, you should still be able to do 80-20 within your macro. So it's still very, very effective even within that cycle, which is what makes this a lifestyle. 
Maintenance is really where we should be day in and day out. It's not extreme. It's not low calorie. It feels good. We're not gaining. It's basically meeting our needs and not being in a deficit. We can do short-term cuts, which I talk about, as I mentioned. Um, It helps, you know, with fat loss, but there still should be some freedom in your cuts. If you have no room for anything in your cut, it's probably a little bit too extreme. And your cuts are supposed to be short-term, and then you're supposed to go to a reverse where you increase back to maintenance. So that's how you lose fat, by doing the cuts and then reversing back to maintenance. If you want to bulk, so often bulking can be used for muscle growth. That doesn't have to be. But if you want to bulk, that's where you eat in a surplus of your maintenance, And that can help build muscle. And then people will typically go into the cut for, you know, the fat loss to be able to see the muscle. And then they again go back to maintenance. So that truly is a cycle. And in all of those steps in macros, you should have some freedom, 80-20, to fit in things that you like. And you learned that by seeing what all of those do good for your body, by tracking for a little while by mixing and matching food you really love and then by using that cycle based on your goals. With the all or nothing mentality, that has you bouncing back and forth between a cut, which is under eating and dieting, and then you're flying into bulking, which is overeating. And that you will never find moderation, you will never find balance. And so that's why I'm trying to work you out of that thought process. Because a lot of people think, oh, in order to lose fat, I have to be extreme. In order to gain muscle, I have to be extreme. Most people know in order to maintain, we don't have to be extreme. That's pretty normal. But they assume with fat loss or, you know, building muscle that they have to be extreme and perfect. No, you can still have some freedom in those with macronutrients, which is why it's way more effective than most things that, you know, demonize foods and macros and not seeing the beauty of them. Now, I know this episode was a lot of info to digest. I know it was a lot. It can be tricky if you don't have a healthy relationship with food. And if you don't, I do highly suggest you just focus on cutting out as seeing food and good and bad, see how your body digests it, and just naming your plate. When you're feeling good there, then maybe look at maybe doing some macro calculations and seeing how you can still lose fat or gain muscle and still have some freedom and moderation. And then it also teaches you how to maintain and how to go into that cycle and still have so much freedom. If you are feeling extreme, if you feel like you bounce diet to diet, if you feel like you fear food, you need to do yourself a favor and first find moderation before you jump into anything else crazy. You need to first view food as proteins, fats, and carbs and see what they do for you and how they help you so you can stop fearing them. You need to try to look at, you know, even that three-day journal like I talked about, just so you can see your habits and you can see if you're being extreme or if you're feeling, you know, good, you can track macros or you can just stick with your naming your plate to make sure you're getting a variety of food. That is going to help clear out slowly that all or nothing, that good or bad mentality. And it's really, really important. That mentality is not something that people break overnight, but I've learned if we can focus on the good If we can focus on all the things food does for us, it will improve our relationship with food. And then that is where we find that moderation. That is where we find that lifestyle because we're seeing the things they do for us. And 
we are getting rid of that shame and guilt because that shame and guilt is what causes us to be extreme with food. And what I try to avoid with clients, I try to make them not fear food. And I want you to not fear food. So go back through those steps. Go listen to the other episodes in the show notes that I talked about. Stop seeing food as good and bad. Name your plate. Recognize your proteins, fats, and carbs. Think about tracking for a little while. And then think about what intuitive eating with macro awareness means and just mixing and matching mentally how our body sees food. I hope this episode was helpful today. If it was, don't forget to share it with your friends, family, on social media. Tag me. I love to see it. And as always, don't forget that review and know that this does take time. Shifting your mind to see food this way does take time to see what it does for you and not how it works against you. And as you take that time, I promise it will pay off and you will build a lifestyle that way and it will change the way you view food forever. That's it for today. And as always, you are doing better than you think you are. All right, we'll chat next week.